Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Easy Conversations podcast, a podcast about having easy conversations. I'm your host, Furkan Dandia. In this week's episode, I sit down with Brandon Archer to discuss relationships. Brandon and I discuss how men need to be comfortable with their emotions and embrace their feminine energy. We also talk about the importance of healing prior to entering a relationship but also maintaining the same routine and practices that allow our growth and personal development once we are in a relationship and not deviating from those. If at the end of the episode, you could leave a five-star review, I would truly appreciate it. All right, Brandon, uh, welcome to the Easy Conversations podcast. Thank you for coming on. super grateful for you to take the time and uh, you know give me the opportunity to have this conversation today so I'm really excited for that before we get started with the conversation I do want to give you an opportunity to introduce yourself uh, talk about what it is that you do and where you're located just for the listeners sure sure yeah my name is Brandon Archer I'm a men's coach I delve into like masculine feminine dynamics with men and help them see how that uh, can apply to their relationships um, with the romantic partner. So kind of, it says relationship coach on my Instagram profile. Let's just roll with that. I do more than that, but it's a good like starting point. Yeah. Uh, And I am in Kelowna, BC, Canada. Cool. So, so when you talk about like the, uh, just to kind of expand on that, the masculine feminine dynamics, like how, like, how does that come about? Like, what are you helping? Like, are you working with men specifically or women as well? Yeah, I get a ton of women reaching out to me to basically understand how to help their men understand this stuff more. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I work with men and how, there's a lot of talk in the space in the coaching space about like masculinity. There's a ton of different, there's a ton of focus on that now. Yeah. Important, but there's an interesting piece to that is that my journey and the men I work with and the groups I've been involved with, if you ignore the feminine traits wounding uh, side of yourself as a man, you actually can't fully embrace your masculinity. So I take men on journeys where we look at it in a balanced way. It's like, you have this side to you. Mm -hmm. You can't ignore it. And if you ignore it, it's going to show up in your romantic relationship. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Is there any examples you could share of like the feminine side, just for awareness that men can kind of learn uh, or even yeah. tap into a bit further? Yeah, for sure. So a lot of uh, listeners have probably heard of like David Detta's work mm-hmm. and The Feminine Storm. Great book, you know, Way of the Superior Man. It explains a lot, but we've all experienced it with our partners, a feminine emotional storm. It's like, what the actual fuck is happening right now? Mm-hmm here's the thing that I have found is we don't know as men how to navigate that if we haven't addressed those emotions she's showing us in ourself first. Mm. So as a man, if you've ever felt like confused or overwhelmed by how she's acting, 
that's actually a mirror to show you that, oh shit, I haven't dealt with that part of myself. Because mm -hmm. once you do as a man, those emotional feminine storms are much, much easier to navigate because you're mm -hmm. familiar with what's going on. Yeah. But if she, if her behavior is triggering all your unhealed, that unhealed aspect of you, it's overwhelming and you don't know what to do and you shut down mm -hmm. or you tell her to like get over it or you do all the things you're not supposed to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Other than listen, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. And I, I guess in my own experience too, I think a lot of the times those emotions are triggering for me, as you mentioned, because I either haven't dealt with it or I'm uncomfortable with those emotions. So because I'm triggered, it's hard for me to even listen to what the other person is sharing with me. And, and to your point, you know, we either shut down or we just don't know how to deal with it. And then that just it becomes a cycle in the relationship because anytime the partner is sharing something, the man is getting triggered or, or obviously because he hasn't healed that part of himself. Yeah. It often looks like defensiveness or trying to prove your point instead of just letting her feelings and her viewpoint be. Mm -hmm. No, it's not a it's not a competition, but if you are unhealed and you feel the need to to push back or show her why her um, idea or viewpoint is wrong you're 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 invalidating her experience mm -hmm. you're telling her it doesn't matter what you think and when you do that to a woman she's going to shut down and pull away from you and you're mm -hmm. never ever going to see her the beautiful feminine side of her that you crave so badly yeah yeah and i think it's not even a matter of i mean obviously like you said you're disagreeing with what she may be thinking but it's also you're telling her indirectly or directly that her feelings are not valid whatever she's yeah. feeling is not real because in your mind it didn't happen or whatever it is whether you're defensive or you're trying to prove a point like you said you're you're not validating that person they don't feel heard and that again can cause a lot of issues um so so i guess kind of taking that information as men and and we talked about it offline what can they do with that you know, if they know, or if they're, if, you know, if me as a man, for example, I'm aware of the emotions that come up inside of me anytime my partner shares something with me, what can I do with that information? And how do I heal that part of myself? Huge question, but let's do the best we can. Um, if you are react, if you are having a reaction, and it's human, okay, I want to preface it by this is the human experience. Yes, absolutely. But as men, what do we do? So your, your, your partner brings you something. Perhaps she is like highly charged emotionally, which ends up making you highly charged emotionally. It's actually an indication that you're not grounded. Grounded is a word that's used like almost too much. It's like, <laughs> oh, as a man, just get grounded and it'll be okay. It's like, okay, dude, but how do you actually do that sorry but it's not breath work it's not meditation there's more to it than that those are pieces of it but it's really understanding the wounds that you have mm -hmm. 
And it's understanding that you as the man are the only person that can heal those wounds. The only person it's up to you. Yeah. And, and when I was on this journey, it was daunting. Like, I'm not going to say it's like easy. The, mm -hmm. It's simple. It's not easy. So it is basically, you don't even really need to know what's happened in your past. Okay. It's all coming from your childhood. That's great. You can go deep if you want, but you actually don't have to, to heal your stuff. When you have an emotional reaction, you can learn to speak to that part of your psyche, where those are coming from. Like your mm -hmm. inner child work is what I used for myself and my clients. So my inner four-year-old is having a reaction to my partner, yeah. not me as a man, right? Like it's actually not me. I know I shouldn't say anything, but this little guy in me who represents my nervous system, who represents my wounding and my trauma, he is scared. And the work is for me as a man to learn to connect with him, that part of my psyche and emotions, because I am the only one that can make him feel safe. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Once I make him feel safe, fast forward, you've done the work and your partner brings you those same big emotions. He might want to say something, but your adult self, your higher self is like, I got you, buddy. It's okay. She's not yelling at you. We don't need to be scared right now. And now you're like this embodied masculine man in front of her that can just hold space for her to really, you're helping her heal by allowing her to express herself. You're helping her heal too. Mm -hmm. And there's ways to bypass this and like not do the healing and air quotes, hold space, mm -hmm. but it's temporary. It's <laughs> temporary. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it, it's great to learn those things, but on my journey, see, I could do all those things. I was freaking really good at it mm -hmm. until I met my match. Who's like, Hey man, she's like, you're actually not healed. <laughs> like, yeah. You're really good at like mitigating all this stuff. You're really good at like, uh, how did she put it? Some um, regulating yourself. It's not the same as healing. Mm -hmm. It's not the same as as lessening those emotions from my emotions from coming to the surface. Yeah, yeah. So it feels like there's a lot of a lot of practical skills out there that you can use to present yourself as grounded. Not the same thing. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I, I can agree. I think there's a difference between regulating yourself and actually looking deeper inside to, to do the healing. And the way I look at it, the, the healing is never ending. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I've done some healing <clears throat> inner child work, but there's always a new situation that arises that gives me insight into another part of myself that needs healing as well and you can't predict that you almost need to experience it um, and I think one of the things I and I think it's part of the journey I think it's part of the learning journey where you know when I did that work initially I was like okay I think I'm good now I think I'm ready 
And then a new situation came and I was like, oh boy, like I'm clearly not ready. <clears throat> and yeah. I find romantic relationships are probably the best mirror, especially when you have those experiences in conflict. They're, they could be revealing so much if you're truly willing to look, uh, especially at yourself. I mean, it's easy to tell your partner she needs to go do work on herself. But when you can look at yourself and reflect and say, yeah, there's obviously more unhealed parts of myself. And, and I think for people that are listening, it's to understand that it is a never ending journey and, and it takes time and you can't rush it. And there's nothing wrong with it because we all go through it. So that's the other thing I would want to share. Yeah, for sure. And I, I have a question for you. Do you find that once you have the initial skill set of learning what healing is, it becomes, um, you just have that skill set? Because I know for me, I said I was going to ask a question, but I'm <laughs> going to like backtrack for a second. Yeah. I desperately wanted to heal my shit. Mm-hmm. I knew I wasn't showing up the way I wanted to, but I didn't know how to do it. Mm-hmm. So I feel now that I have that skill set and I, I understand what healing feels like and looks like as those new things come up. Like you mentioned, I'll be like, oh, okay, and I recognize what's going on mm-hmm. and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use this tool that I never had before. Yeah. Have you found that that's been kind of the way it works? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've got a bit of a, a two-prong approach, uh, which I've shared in the past, but to your point, I, I'm way more mindful now. So when those situations arise, I'm able to pick up on something and I'll be like, okay, clearly I was triggered here. What's going on, right? What's underneath it? Um, obviously it's not what this person said. It's coming from me. So I'll journal on it. I'll reflect. I'll try to meditate on it. And often I'm able to come to the, the answers, but there are times where I can't and I need help. And that's when I know I'll go see my therapist and we'll talk through it and she'll give me a different perspective. So I've shared that in the past as well, where I'll try to deal with it myself. But then if, I, if I'm still struggling with it and I feel shame, shame is the hardest part of it all is because when I continue to feel shame for several days, I know I need to bring someone else in. And I think having that experience from the past has made me feel comfortable, not only to explore the feeling, but also have the awareness to be able to call my therapist and go see her. Yeah. That's a really good point. Cause I do. My experience has been you, you, you have to do a lot of the deep work on your own, but you also need to build that awareness. It's like, I'm actually tapped out. I need a mm-hmm. hand. So mm-hmm. whether it's like, well, I mean, most of my friends are coaches. So <laughs> I just call them up and be like, dude, I need a hand. I can't work. I can't figure out what's going on, but yeah, yeah. you listeners like go find somebody that knows what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, because the right questions at the right time can like find what's going on yeah because it's there like your body it's trying to tell you it's trying to tell you what's going on Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and we we don't necessarily always have the skills to interpret what our body's trying to tell us exactly yeah yeah and there's nothing wrong with asking for help like i mean i love using analogies it's like you're trying to fix an electrical issue in your home 
maybe you could do this easy stuff, but at some point, if you can't fix it, you're only making it worse. And that's when you should stop and call the electrician to come do it. (laughs) So totally. And there's like, you know, there's still a stigma of men asking for help. Absolutely. Yeah. It's not, you know, I don't see that going anywhere anytime soon. So it takes like these conversations and it takes um, men opening up about, yeah, guess what? I needed help. It's like I hit a wall and I didn't know what to do. And, and I went to the therapist and those stories need to be told more and more and more and more because mm-hmm. You don't have to live in pain and suffering. It's not a prerequisite to being a man that you carry this dark cloud of emotional shit with you. Like we've kind of been conditioned to believe just sign yeah. up. Yeah. Yeah. That's damaging. It's damaging. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's to your point, it's damaging on, on all fronts, right? Not only to yourself, but everyone else who's in your life, uh, whether you have kids, you have a partner, like it impacts everyone. And as we've already discussed, you're not showing up as your best self for any of those people, including yourself. And I think there's an aspect of self-love that comes in uh, to be able to not only live in that shame, but be able to ask for help with kindness and compassion, knowing that you are doing your best. And, you know, even when your partner is pointing something out, doesn't mean you're a bad person, right? You probably did one like bad thing or you messed up and that's okay. We, we all mess up. Uh, so I think that's part of the reason why I know in my experience, I would get defensive is because I'm trying to like prove my innocence or prove that I'm a good man and I'm a good partner and this one situation should not, you know, taint me. So I think that's another reason why I believe people get defensive, both men and women in in those situations. So yeah, anyways, I wanted to throw out the self-love aspect of it because I know you and I talked about it before. Yeah. Um, But I think that plays in, uh, plays a significant role. It is huge, huge, huge. And again, there's like ways to spiritually bypass this part. There, there is. Mm-hmm. I kind of learned them all. And then I'm like, oh, this, this is not working for me. And you touched on shame too. And shame and self-love, oh my God, they're like tied together. They're yeah. tied together because it's unfortunate. But society is set up that we parent based on shame. Mm -hmm. We use shame as the primary tool to raise kids. Even in 2022, it is shifting. Yes, people are going, but I do it this way. That's fucking awesome. That's great. (laughs) But like I'm 47, I was raised on shame. Mm -hmm. So I was shown that I'm kind of inherently bad. Mm-hmm. I was kind of shown the opposite of self-love. Mm-hmm. Like, how can I possibly love myself? Look at all the horrible things I do. Mm-hmm. I should do this. I should do that. Oh, I messed up. And I just feel worse and worse about myself. Everybody kind of can, they'll like say, oh, I love myself. June 2021. No, 2020. 
I'm like, holy crap, I love myself. This is awesome. I feel great. Mm -hmm. Again, a romantic relationship is just like, okay, let's show you what you really think about yourself, Brandon. Like the universe is like, and I actually did not love myself. Um, and how I, the best way I can equate or like put into words, I've thought a lot about this. Mm -hmm. How do you know if you actually love yourself? And my partner showed me love like I never felt before. I'm like, holy crap, 100% accepted me exactly the way I was. Did mm -hmm. not feel judged anything. That like bliss or that peace or that love was amazing. But after we broke up and I started healing and, and learning what, how to love myself and take care of myself, I remember I had a day, it was a Saturday, and I'm like, I feel freaking fantastic. I felt that same love on my own, mm. not from anybody else. It was like coming from within me, mm -hmm. self-love. So like, if you can't look in the mirror and look the person in the mirror yourself, and go, I love you so much, the same way you would say to your partner, your kids, yeah. you actually don't love yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Simplest way I've found to, to put it into words. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. And I think it, it, it's almost like a consistent practice because, I mean, I go through the same motions where I'm like, yeah, I love myself. Uh, I, you know, I remind myself of all the great things I'm doing. But often it takes one little situation where, again, the shame, and, and it's on a subconscious level, right? Like the, the work you need to do is so deep. Like you have to go so deep to be able to recognize those emotions and those feelings that live inside your body that have taken over. Because you think about it, right? Like you mentioned you're in your 40s. I'm in my late 30s. We've been carrying that narrative and that dialogue for like 30, 40 years, it's a, it's habituated within ourselves, right? So, so that level of work needs to be really deep. And I think the, the consistency is where it becomes a challenge. And, and like I was saying, like, it often takes one little situation and immediately the shame is happening. And until I don't consciously recognize it, I'm not even aware of it. And then I'll sit there. I'm like, holy shit. Like I've been like shaming myself for days. And now I'm wondering why people are also giving me shame indirectly because I'm putting it out there. I'm telling everyone, Hey, I'm the guy who carries this. So dump it all on me. Yeah. hundred percent. And that like what you just touched on is yeah. 30, 40 years. It doesn't matter how old you are. You literally have programmed yourself to be addicted to shame. So neural pathways and your nervous system and your heart are all tied together. Yeah. So if you're in this loop, literally a loop of shame or I don't love myself or I'm a piece of crap, whatever it is, the more you think about it, the more it gets ingrained. So to create the like new neural pathway of self-love, you've got like get the signals to jump from the one neural 
pathway to the other and start mm-hmm. building it so like yeah you said it's it takes practice it takes effort you have to like but the the really cool thing is you can do it so the old pathway will fade and i can't tell you how long it's, it takes because it's different for everybody yeah but you can't give up like you can't give up it will work it will work yeah 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 and i think uh i mean i've either use the analogy or I've heard it being used. It's like going to the gym, right? Like you're not going to see muscles just by lifting weights the first day. You might not see it after 30 days or even, you know, like sometimes it takes a while. And, you know, for anyone who's gone through that process of building muscle, they know how long it takes. But they never gave up because they knew what they wanted to achieve. So I think to your point, you know, if, if your goal is to build that muscle of self-love, it's going to take time and, yeah. and, and you need the right practices around it, right? You can't continue to shame yourself or you can't surround yourself with people that will shame you. Uh, it, it takes effort all around. Often we need to change our environments and the things we expose ourselves to. And for me, that's been the journey. It's been slowly building habits or routines that are in alignment with creating that self-love within myself totally and then you'll wake up one day like just like when you're going to the gym you'll wake up one day and be like oh damn where'd these arms come from (laughs) right it's like that what I shared about I woke up that Saturday I'm like I got to the middle of the day and I'm like why do I feel so good it's because I'd done the reps at the gym Mm mm-hmm I'd done my practice and it was starting to work. And that particular day, the old neural pathways weren't firing. The new one was, and it, I'm telling you, totally worth it. Totally worth the effort. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I guess you mentioned that was like June of 2020 when you had that realization. Now, you know, we're almost two years from that date. Like how have you been able to keep that, practice and and stick with it and have you had any challenges along the way where you feel like oh you know I I feel like I'm falling back because often there are times where even myself where there'll be a situation where I'm like oh okay well I fell off now I need to pick myself up and get right back on track yeah I did fall off man I fell off so that June 2020 was a version of self-love it wasn't it wasn't deep Mm -hmm. um when that state of being i i presented pretty well i was happy i was super happy actually yeah um attracted the relationship and then the relationship brought up all my shit all Mm. my shit and my practice just fell away so because i didn't love myself i was looking to her like oh my god I'm getting all this love i don't have to take care of myself anymore so my meditation my journaling my reading just i just let it go mm. and that just that just made it worse so now the old programming was coming into play right and i yeah. started to feel the shame and now i didn't want to get started again yeah. so but those are the times when, as you gain awareness in, in a personal development journey, where you're like, I see what's happening right now. Shame's trying to take over. It's trying to sabotage it. Those old neural pathways are firing. And at that point, if you can, put, if you can recognize that, you get to choose. 
your body and your nervous system is saying, give up. Mm. You can, your higher self, because your brain and your body work for you. Yeah. They don't run us, they, but we've, we kind of have given power to them. But yeah. that's the point where you're like, I see what's happening and no, I choose differently. Mm-hmm. And for me, like my body fights it. It's like, no, let's just like, just, just go to bed. Let's just turn on Netflix. And I'm like, no, I'm in charge. And this is what we're going to do. Yeah. So I'm trying to, well, I'm not trying. I am overriding that program. And I'm like, here's the new neural pathway. We're going to start firing. And you have to go through those comfortable, uncomfortable times. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, I agree hundred percent. I mean, the body just, when you're trying to make that change, it's uncomfortable. And, and, you know, your body's used to a certain way where, you know, the chemicals and the hormones are firing a certain way. And all of a sudden you're making all these changes and it's like, Whoa, what's going on? And there is that resistance and that fight. Um, so another important thing that you did touch on is the tendency. And I think a lot of people are, are guilty of it, myself included, when all of a sudden, you know, you're used to giving yourself all these things that make you feel whole and you know you're giving yourself that self-love now all of a sudden you've got a, a partner in your life and we all know how the honeymoon phase goes where you're just like completely obsessed with this person and you know you just want to spend all your spare time with them and as a consequence we tend to give up our routine or the good habits we formed and i think one of the things I talked about on the episode I released last week is all of a sudden now we're putting that responsibility of love and happiness on this new person. And it's not their responsibility. And and it takes a lot of deliberate uh, kind of being mindful of it and discipline where you need to continue to give it to yourself so you can continue to show up a certain way in that relationship. Because guess what? The honeymoon phase is going to end at some point, and you're going to be just an ordinary person now, but you might be missing yeah. something. So what are your so thoughts? You mean, around- I'm, I'm, you mean I'm not the only person that does that? <laughs> Sabotage my own relationship? Yeah. One of my thoughts on that is like, once you have the, like you become codependent is what happens. Yeah. So now I'm like, as a man, I'll speak as a man and my particular wounding was, um, I need my woman to help me with my emotions even though I had no clue that's actually what I was doing Mm -hmm. so when I'm single you have no choice like you're alone you're like but the problem is when you have a partner there it's like like you said it's like oh I don't have to do this anymore I'm getting something yeah but if we should that's see that's the paradigm that's messed up is if we roll into the relationship needing something or wanting something or taking something, we're actually doing it wrong. And this is the, this is the hard part to when you're unhealed, it doesn't make any goddamn sense Mm -hmm. because if I am self-generating my own love and I am love air quotes am love, because then that sounds just odd. If you haven't healed that part, trust me, I was there for years. I'm like, that sounds like utter bullshit, but if you haven't done that, you enter this relationship, you maybe are meditating journaling, you've got a self-care practice that keeps you like feeling stable and, and somewhat whole, very quickly that can slide off 
you can very quickly like, well, I'm getting so much from her. I feel so great. I'm like not going to meditate today. I'm going to like call her instead. Like mm -hmm. this is literally what I did. This mm -hmm. is literally what I did. Yeah. And it doesn't take too long before you're codependent. Yeah. Yeah. And now the, the polarities messed up, you know, if you have that awareness that as a man that, you know, you're kind of leading their relationship, the second you turn codependent, it's like out the door. It's not working. Now I am looking for something to her for something. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And maybe I, you know, that self-care, not necessarily that is self-love. It hundred percent is self-love, but the healing part looks different because once you're healed and you love yourself and you are love, you roll into that relationship and you're not going to compromise those things. Mm -hmm. You're like, this is how I show myself love. And yeah. it all of a sudden becomes more important than the relationship. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I agree 100%. And, and I mean, just to expand on the whole codependency part, and, and I kind of alluded to it earlier, but all of a sudden, like when things kind of, you know, your relationship kind of achieves this stable part where the honeymoon phase is over, now you're not getting the same level of attention. And because you're codependent, you start feeling like, well, what's going on? What's missing here? Why? Why are you changing? And, and because you're not giving it to yourself, you're feeling like it's missing. And right. yeah, yeah. And, and I think the other part, uh, and I've touched on this before too, is, is around boundaries. And if you've got a really solid self-love routine where you're taking care of yourself, that should be part of your discussion early on, you know, kind yes. of being able to express it saying, Hey, I do this for me and you're going to recognize that probably not now but in the future mm -hmm. but this is like this is really important for me and and that's something you know i think most couples need to have those conversations early on so then neither party is taking it personally yeah because it's not personal it's right. not it's like you know if a man has the language to understand it's like hey baby like i do this so that I can take care of myself so that when I show up in relationship, I am here 100%. Like what woman is not going to be like, hell yeah, you do, you go do that. And you come back like a hundred percent, you a hundred percent grounded. She's going to be like, please take the time, take the hour. And yeah. that's like that effed up paradigm we have of like, doesn't matter what time I give her. It's good time. That's bullshit. <laughs> it's like, if it takes you an hour to do your routine, to do self-care of meditating and journaling or whatever that might look like, you do it. Because mm -hmm. if it means your date goes from like, uh, you know, if you skip it, you have three hours, but if you do it, you only have two hours, you pick the two hour date. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't do that. <laughs> it was a mistake. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I think, you know, myself included, we've, a lot of people go through that, right? And and to your point, everyone's like, well, I want to squeeze in that three-hour date. And then guess what? Like six months later, there's no dates. <laughs> there is no, <laughs> exactly. So I think there's there's that whole um, aspect of, okay, well, 
the longevity of the relationship depends on your self-care. And, and one of the things I like to touch on is, you know, it's important for both people to do it, not only for men alone. I think if both people are doing that level of self-care, they're showing up to the relationship fully present, not needing anything from either party. They're showing up because they want to, and they're also healed versions of themselves. And if there's anything that comes up where you recognize that you're being triggered because you're so aware and in tune with your emotions, you're able to communicate that. And, you know, if I'm able to communicate that to my partner, if she's grounded and I'm sorry to use the word grounded, but she's not taking it personally. She's recognizing that, okay, this is something he needs to deal with and I'll support him, but it's not mine to take on. Yeah. I like that you said support. Cause like, I know sometimes these conversations like we're having are like, well, what do you mean? Like, she's not supposed to like be there for me or I'm not supposed to be there for her. And it's like, yeah, you are. It just, it looks different than what we were shown. Mm. Mm-hmm. It just looks different than what we were shown, you yeah. know, as a man, I'll, I'll just speak from a man's standpoint. Like I'm allowed to have a hard day. I'm allowed to cry in front of her. I'm allowed to show her emotions, but the difference is this. It's like, I'm not going to project it onto her. I'm not going to ask her subconsciously to be my mom and help me work through this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm not going to, I'm going to like ask her to sit with me, maybe sit on the couch while I have a good cry. If, like, if you're one that comes to mind is my, my sister just passed away. If I had a partner right now, I'm like, I don't need you to do anything, mm-hmm. but I'm going to fucking cry. Yeah. And I just want you to hold me on the couch while I move through this. It's very different um, energy behind that. Yeah. 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 I'm sorry to hear uh, that about your sister. Uh, So my condolences. Thank you. I I didn't bring it up for, I just, it was a perfect analogy of, yeah, here's a, that's time when that's what support from, a a partner looks like yeah and I think there's there you know there's this I'm not saying everyone but often there's this expectation that my partner should help me fix it or my partner should fix it for me and and it's nobody's responsibility if you're feeling something yeah you know as we've talked already your partner can support you they can be there to hear you but they're not going to sit there and let you project it onto you onto them or try to find a solution for you. That's no, they're, they're just there to listen. They're a sounding board. Ultimately it is your responsibility, whatever it is you're dealing with, whatever the emotions are to go process them and deal with them. Uh, And, and ask for time and space, because I think that's important. We, we try to like force it. And as we've talked all along throughout this episode, you can't take shortcuts. You can't, force the healing it it takes time it has its own process and you need to almost be very diligent with it yeah super diligent and like if somebody's listening to this that's like oh this stuff sounds great and i have no 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 idea where to start i i i've been thinking a lot about this lately like find some especially as men like find some humility and ask somebody for help go like join a men's group find a book ask somebody for a book that could help 
jump on podcasts. You can actually learn a lot from podcasts. Like Mm -hmm. where do I actually start this process? Because if your partner isn't like, uh, if neither of you have heard of this stuff, it's a little daunt. It's like, where the hell do we start? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it can make you freeze, but there are people out there and resources to get moving. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, for me, I needed to go to therapy uh, to become aware of a lot of these things. And then I started reading about it and gained tons of awareness. But the the starting point for me was therapy. And and I've talked about this before. Sometimes you need to go through a bunch of therapists before you find the right one. Uh, Men's groups uh, are great. Uh, I have actually co-facilitate one here in Calgary. And, you know, I see the the impact of the men that are on the men that are attending it's it's been it's been amazing just to see the difference in how much these guys are enjoying coming and just learning or even talking about things that they're going through those are really really powerful and in most cases they're they're cost effective like you're not really spending yeah. money attending these i think it's totally. just more the experience that is of so much value yeah definitely doesn't replace proper therapy though no no I think it's it's one of those things I think uh, for a lot of men if they're initially afraid to go see a therapist because there's obviously stigma with it that's a good avenue and you know often there's things that you can't really share with your partner or your kids or even the guys you normally hang out with so this is a good avenue for men that are looking for something yeah and that actually just just brought something up for me as as your partner like in men's group you're right you can you can like all this emotional I don't want to call it baggage but stuff you've got on your mind you can get it out in front of the men so that when you go home you are more grounded it's like you're not carrying this heavy weight and that's when we actually start projecting stuff onto our partner mm-hmm. like does yeah. she need to know about your whole day and how horrible it was the answer is no yeah. You can say like, I had a pretty tough day, but I, you know, I phoned Bob from the men's group. We talked it out and I am good now. Yeah. So now your relationship gets less about, well, it's not codependent, right? No. So she, you don't need, need her to help you process stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And there's often times where you both are struggling with the same issue, especially yeah. if it's related to your kids or your home and where do you go as a man? So, you know, I think those men's groups uh, can be really valuable in that sense too, where maybe you can kind of give your spouse or your partner a break from, from the stress totally. and you go get help elsewhere and then you, you can be present for her. So it's like a win-win for everyone. Um, so, so there's different avenues and, um, and I think I would, I would encourage listeners to give any one of those a shot uh, because I've experienced it, sounds like you've experienced it, and it's been very uh, valuable. Yeah, absolutely. Brandon, I, I, I want to thank you for coming on here again and, you know, doing this with me. I appreciate it. Uh, for listeners that want to get a hold of you or reach out to you, what are some ways they can do that, whether it's social media or online? Yeah, my website's super easy. It's brandonarcher.com. And I'm only on Instagram for social media and there's a link right on my, on my website. Um, But my Instagram is just underscore Brandon Archer. Pretty simple. 
Yeah, cool. Yeah, I'll put that in the show notes. Cool, man. And thanks again. Really appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, thanks for having me. Really appreciate being here. Thank you for tuning in to another episode. As always, please subscribe to the podcast if you enjoy the episodes or leave a comment in the comment section. I always love hearing from you. Thank you again. And until next week.